0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tenor. Yes, I am Brad Tenor, and joining me as usual is my co-host Pippin Williamson.
1: Hello, everybody. And this is welcome to episode twenty-two. As usual, we have our our sponsors uh, from WP Ninjas with Ninja Forms. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, go take a look at ninjaforms.com as well as their ninjademo.com. Uh, and also joining us is Mr. Zach Katz. You want to say hello, Zach? Hey, guys. That's an awesome name. Why don't name. we... Um, Zach Katz.
2: That's a good That's pretty name. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sets me up for stardom, I think.
0: Yeah. I hey mean, guys. my name is so not brandable, it's not even funny.
2: Well, it's the
1: silent <laughs> D. <laughs> yeah,
0: gets you every time, that silent D. Damn
1: it. Well, it took me months to figure out how to pronounce your name. Yeah,
0: I know. I, I don't even think
1: I pronounce it right half the time. <laughs> nice. Zach, why don't we get started by having uh, I mean, you tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, how long have you been working in WordPress, things like that?
2: Well, I've been working in WordPress since about 2006 or 2007, and uh, I started with client work, and... Um, kind of slowly transitioned into um, doing plugin development and then started with plugin development for myself and for clients and now uh, it's my sole business. It's plugin development and sales.
1: That's awesome. Now, are you still, you said you mentioned, you you, you started with freelance. Was that primarily like theme development for clients? Just the generic uh, build a site for them and do everything like that? Yeah, exactly. And
2: you know, one the the way I got into plugins was I think of the way a lot of people do is uh, the client had a need and there was no functionality out there for what they wanted to do. So I coded what needed to be coded, and um, and I realized, oh well, if I put this on the repo, other people can benefit from the work that I've done. And it's it's really it just caught on, and I got really excited about the being able to share the what I the improvements that I've been able to make.
0: Cool. So when was that's the,
2: exactly how I got started? Oh yeah.
0: When was the first uh, plugin that you put on org? Uh,
2: it was I think I just looked at this the other day. Uh, like 2006. It was a three lines of code. <laughs> wow.
0: 2006 nice. is like old school though, man. That's a long time ago.
2: Yeah, I, I was surprised myself. Um, yeah, most people
0: so, didn't even start with WordPress till like, most people say 2008, right? Like, it's like the...
2: I think I started 2.5 was my first major update that I remember. I think I started at, like, 2.3, so maybe I'm wrong about the date, but uh, it was a while. I started in 2.8, I think.
1: Yeah, 2.8 was a major one. Yeah, so you're you're quite a ways ahead of me, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, that's it, awesome. So you've been awesome. doing this for a while now. <laughs>
1: So now that uh, you mentioned that you've transitioned into doing plugin development full time, are you primarily doing like custom plugin development for clients still, or have you transi- transitioned into more like commercial plugin development?
2: I've, I'm only developing plugins and features and enhancements that I control uh, at this point. Um, so it, with repos that I manage, things like that, because I got tired of doing one-offs and, and not being able to continue to grow the project or continue to benefit from the work that I put into it, so I made a conscious decision five years ago to start transitioning into projects that will help my career, not just pay my bills.
1: That's cool. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah and uh-huh. you know, the thing is, it actually worked. <laughs> That's the surprising <laughs> part is that WordPress is such a great community, um, and people are so hungry for uh, plugins and you know things to make their site work better. And uh, you know it's running so much of the internet that the, the community is so vibrant that it's allowed so many people to succeed.
1: That's great. Uh, I'm looking at your site, and I see you have a couple of commercial plugins listed on your site. Uh, and I know you have another one coming up really soon that we want to talk about here in a little bit. Um, what are the you so right now? All of the the plugin development work that you're doing in terms of from the business side of things is working with existing plugins and doing commercial plugins. Do you do a lot of uh, custom development for clients based on your plugins? For example, you have the Gravity Forms Directory plugin. Right. Do you find that a lot of the work that you're doing is doing development on that that users have requested?
2: You know, uh, one of the things that I've done recently that it's been really huge for me is uh, partnering with a developer uh, in in Portugal, his name's Luis, and he's been so great to work with, and it's allowed me to have a support team where people, if they need enhancements to an existing plugin, I refer that request to Luis. Uh, He puts together a quote, um, the enhancement gets created, and I... Uh, pull it back into the plugin, so, and then push it to everybody. So it, it's a really nice system because the people who need it pay for it. The people uh, who, and the whole community benefits from it. Certainly, Brad, do you
1: do that as well? What's that? What do you uh, take take like user requested features, uh, either on a free or commercial plugin, and then treat it almost like a. a a client or contract project where you build that feature for them but then push that back to the primary plugin so that everybody else gets to use it
0: i did do that recently actually uh well not that recently i guess it's been almost a year now but my amazon plugin um someone needed some work done for it and they're just like how about i pay you to do it uh and and that's what that's what (laughs) that's what happened and then i just released what a you know version one or sure. zero point five nine or whatever it was, you know. Um, so yeah, that was great. It's basically a sponsored
1: development, right? Um, right. Yeah, definitely. I I really like that. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a model, but um, acknowledging that just because you have a free plugin, and in this case it could be free or commercial, but you can still have sponsored development on, and then release those. F- those features or improvements out to the world, and as long as that's communicated clearly with the person that's paying for the development, and everybody's fine with that, it really benefits everybody.
2: Yeah, it does, and they get to get they get to benefit from the ongoing support that that feature will have because it's now part of the core plugin. Instead of having right. them have it to maintain the compatibility in the future, it's now
1: on it's on you. Yeah, yeah. I've had features where I built them for somebody custom but they didn't go into the primary plugin, and then it actually became problematic because later on, when I built new features that did go to the main plugin, they realized, oh, we can't use these anymore. And that definitely becomes a problem. Right, so
2: a lot of my plugins have been going on that model in terms of, uh, like, my Gravity Forms uh, Infusionsoft plugin was actually sponsored by somebody to develop it because they wanted an Infusionsoft integration. Uh, the mm-hmm. Salesforce plugin has had a bunch of improvements because uh, people have needed X, Y, or Z, and uh, you know everybody enjoys getting those free updates. right That's great.
0: yeah, that's that's excellent. I mean, it makes so much sense to me because I mean developers don't have time to spend uh, if they're like freelancing or whatever, they don't really have time to spend uh, developing feature requests that people have, even though they might be good for everyone, right? Um, they will probably get to them eventually, right? Like I know personally, it can take me like a year before I get to building something that I've had in my head for
1: a while, right? Yeah, I have a, I actually have an active ticket on one of my EDD extensions right now uh, that people have been requesting for a year, maybe even a year and a half, and I've written part of it, but it's simply finding that time to actually sit down and really work that feature out and build it can can be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the same with both a free or a paid plugin. Yeah, um,
0: I mean, if you're free a freelancer, a like, like your your time is prioritized by like what's bringing money in, basically, right? Absolutely. And so if someone can sponsor that feature, it really bumps it up in the priority, right? It, you know, it bumps it up from a year down the road to like, you know, three or four weeks down the road, which is pretty cool. Yep. Well,
2: and especially if the scope of the, uh, of the modification is, is outside of, I like to call it productive procrastination. Uh, Like if I, if I take half a day and I make a new plugin, uh, then that will likely get done Way sooner than if it takes multiple days of concerted effort to
0: push out a release,
1: right? Certainly,
0: for sure. So, Zach, what you've got a lot of plugins going here. <laughs> um, how do you how do you manage them all? Are you do you have people that that like you know contractors or like how do you or do you just just you or what's going on here?
2: You know, at this point, I'm. I'm uh, about to sunset a lot of them and put them up for adoption. Um, some of them just haven't been maintained in a while. So those ones I, I just haven't been focusing on. Right. The Gravity Forms integrations are you know, some of my most popular ones, and I'm going to be definitely continuing to uh, update those. And it's really the... Um, if, if something serious is happening, then I, then I try to fix it. And uh, if people contact me through my premium support uh, Forms then I focused on those requests first, you know I've got so many plugins out there and I have most or not most of them. I have a lot of them on on github and so I I've been hoping to get more community support around that, but it's not really developed yet So I need to do a better job of communicating that 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 is out there for other developers to, to help with
0: do you um Do you find that there's kind of do you find? There's like a weight on your shoulders or <laughs> yeah? You know, it's
2: like it's hard to visit the support forums now because there are so many tickets that I haven't addressed. And you know, it's that's where premium plugins really are so much better. Is because you know you have, you know exactly what your responsibilities are. You have a limited uh, number of customers, right. and they are not users. And I know that people don't like to call WordPress plugin, you know, users users. Uh, but customers does have a different meaning. Like, you've purchased something, you've paid for it, you have expectations, and so it's really the premium model, even if it's premium support, I think is the biggest innovation in WordPress, uh, you know, since its launch. It's really, it's enabling WordPress
1: to mature as a platform. Yeah, I it's huge. And agree. I think it's very clear that that's happening, that, that maturation a lot. Uh, but just looking at the number of businesses that have come up around the idea of providing support, not and, and providing support not just for their own products, but like thinking of uh, dedicated support for your entire WordPress site in general. Right. Well, and then there, there was the project
2: by uh, Alex King, I think he was behind it, the WP Help Center. Where yes. they would support any they would support any plugin. Come to them with any issues, and they folded stat. It didn't didn't work because it's you know plugins are complex. The code is you know varies dramatically, and uh, it's a hard thing to support a plugin if you didn't write it, and it, it takes time to get to know a code base. So, uh, you know, there's different hosting platforms that only support certain plugins because they've audited them. They know about them like. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting how that plays out.
0: Someone, someone else is trying that again. That whole idea of supporting plugins and themes—they're doing mm-hmm. the, everything. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I came across it
1: a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think I saw that as well. Uh, it is I an hope inter- It works.
0: I
2: hope it works, and I hope they contribute to the GitHub, you know, repos if they find issues. Um, you know, it's. It's important.
0: I'd, I'd be super, super um, surprised if it worked for the reasons <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned. I mean, it's extremely difficult to manage uh, t- to provide support for someone else's code uh, and product that is, you know, continuously evolving. You know, like
1: yeah, super difficult. I think in order for someone to do really well and to provide that kind of support, they would have to be an active member of those communities. So like for example, if somebody wanted to come in and provide third, third-party support for easy digital downloads, they would need to be active in the EDD development community as a user, et cetera, because they need to be constantly involved with things that are changing, um, in, involved in terms of getting to know new things that are coming out, whether they be extensions or features or changes to APIs, whatever they are. If you're really going to try and do this, especially with large plugins, you have to be familiar with them on an intimate level. True, yeah. Especially because once people start paying for support, they're going to start coming to you with the really hard issues, not the "Hey, can you tweak my CSS for me?" Right, and then
2: it's like, "Well, it, can you pay me for ten hours of support just to look into this for you?" <laughs> right. No, they want it fixed in an hour.
0: Right, and I mean, there's lots of there's lots of companies out there that are doing kind of like uh, customizations and stuff. Um, and th- those seem to be like, or I don't know. From a distance, they seem to be doing really well. Um, I can't can't even think of one. Uh, Workpress would be a good one. Yeah, WordPress. They do like themes, right? Like customizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a few others, yeah, right? And,
1: yeah, they seem to do very well for themselves. Uh, we just as like somebody who's running running a plugin shop, we get a ton of requests for modifications. Uh, and originally, we, I set up, like, I, I would try and take a bunch of them uh, before. We now set it up so that we have a list of consultants that we send, that we just tell people to contact if they have customizations that they want, um, regardless of what it is. So we have like a general form that people can fill out, and, and then that goes to all the different consultants. Uh, and it's kind of cool because it's actually turned into some pretty good work for some of those consultants because of the number of requests that go through it. So there's there's definitely a market for it. Right. So,
2: Pippin, you're uh, Brad. I don't know if you're on the core team or not. Like, do you? Uh, but one of the things that I keep on running into recently is the need for some core logging system where any any plugin can use you know can hook into a logging you know action and just log something that is available to users on a you know under maybe the tools menu. Uh, instead of having to build the logging systems time and time again, is that, is that even being
1: talked about? I don't think so. I've never seen any of it. Uh, At least, at least not in my own involvement in track. Hmm. Uh, I did.
0: You you have something, right? You have a class or something. Yeah.
1: I built a, I built a class called WP logging. Yeah. Um, I'm using that. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's, it's okay. Um, I mean, it it could be a lot better. It's, it was kind of a quick and dirty solution. Um, but that works pretty well. Cool. So Zach, out of all of the plugins that you have on WordPress.org or, or elsewhere, if you have other plugins um, that you host, what would you say your your favorite plugins are? I know you said you're getting ready to discontinue quite a few of them. Um, are you trying to narrow your focus? Uh, well, there are things
2: like lottery results plugin. Um, you know, one of the reasons I built so many plugins so early was honestly uh, affiliate marketing, and okay. uh, that you know WordPress was such a big platform that I, I got into um, building some plugins that I found some synergies with. Like uh, I built a lot of uh, newsletter plugins, and you know, there's some like you know lottery results that. Don't don't need to be around. <laughs> I don't need to be managing them. They don't need to be on my you know list of plugins that I'm maintaining. So, um, but in terms of my favorite plugins, um, I really like how simple. And I'm I'm kind of surprised I'm saying this. Uh, my user groups plugin is. Uh, it allows was, you to.
1: Uh, I was just looking at that plugin.
2: Yeah, it allows you to group users um, and. You know, assign the user group a color. I took a lot of time and paid a lot of attention to you know how um, how the interface works, and um, I really enjoyed making that one. That was kind of a, a sub project of my IDX Plus real estate plugin, uh, and I forked it off and,
1: and made it its own standalone. That's a cool little plugin. So basically, you're giving users, you're assigning them to a taxonomy term, right? Right. And making it so that you can group them, and so you could, um, just as like a quick example, we could have users that are in the customers group and users that are in the employees group.
2: Right. And, right. You know, other plugins do a lot more with that. Like you can handle them differently. You can assign them different price structures in EDD. Like sure, there's a lot more you can do with other plugins. But uh, in terms of just a cute little plugin, I think that's <laughs> that's one. That's of them. cool.
0: Yeah. Right, and it has nothing to do with, like, capabilities or anything like that. It's just purely for kind of sorting and then maybe, like, displaying. Yeah, on. just
2: being able to organize them and, and know who you're dealing with. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. I like
1: it. Cool. Well, uh, so you've done a lot of work with Gravity Forms, and that's very clear from for anybody who goes and looks at your, your profile. I mean, you have somewhere between 5 and 10 add-ons for Gravity Forms. Um, And I know that you are getting ready to release a new plugin uh, that is an improvement, at least uh, tell me if I get this wrong, but basically a significant step up from your Gravity Forms directory plugin. And this is something that, if I remember right, you're hoping to launch today. Do you want to tell us about this?
2: Well, uh, Gravity View, it's called at gravityview.co, and it's going live at 4 p.m., so under three hours from now. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, the Gravity Forms Directory plugin uh, started off really small and it was never really intended to be um, as feature-rich as as it is right now. And it started off um, without fully understanding the uses that it would be put to and uh, the needs of the people who are using it. So, um, I decided a couple years ago that I wanted to completely rewrite it and it I got started in October of last year. Uh, I brought on Luis in uh, December, and we've been working full tilt on it since then. And um, you know we've been t- paying a lot of attention to making it as easy as possible to to display your gravity forms entries in table l- format, in a listing format, kind of like Yelp, where you have a profile, um, mm-hmm. and then in data tables format for, Ajax uh, table um, filtering and and sorting. So we've put a lot of work into it, and I'm I'm kind of getting ADD at this point in terms of um, trying to make all the uh, interface things just right. But I it's uh, it's good to have a deadline for launch because otherwise I'd be continuing to improve it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you just keep finding this. Oh, I need to I need to fix this, or I need to improve this, or it's, add this. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that's... really, to put it, sim- overly simpl- to overly simplify it, it's basically a way to take all of the data that's submitted through your Gravity Forms, whatever that data is, and then display it on the front end of your site. So if you have people submitting their own profiles to your site, you can then display a directory of those profiles. Is that right? Yeah, and one
2: of the great things about developing it was kind of... Be coming up with a preset idea, the idea of having some preset templates where you click, you click one button and it builds a gravity form for you and it, it fills in where the fields should go in the layout automatically. So that was a really cool functionality that I think was integral to um, to the whole plugin and, and making it you know really easy. instead of having to drag and drop every field all the time, uh, you can just click a Sorry. button and get started with, you know, I think, you know, eight or 10 different uh, presets right now. So that was a really exciting
1: thing that that uh, we added. So I played with it the other day when you sent me a beta copy of it, uh, and, and I have, have to agree with exactly what you just said, that those presets were amazing. <laughs> uh, for, for one, because I immediately jumped in, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, uh, just kind of beta testing it, and then those those preset templates. He immediately said, "Oh, well, here's how you would do this, or here's how you do this. Let us let us help walk you through this." That was awesome. Exactly. Well, and so, it, uh, you know, we there's a lot
2: of complexity in the plugin, and trying to, to make a uh, complex plugin simple is you know a, a big job. And Luis has helped me with that. And you know, I always look to Apple's design principles as trying to like make things simpler and uh, and as little it's... design
0: as possible
1: exactly yes, yes. i will say the, the plugins are really pretty on the admin side well thank that's you that's for sure uh so what are your plans for the for the plugin you're launching later today um is this this is going to be a commercial plugin right yep and is this your is this your primary focus right now uh yeah it is um it's
2: i'm going to be Going, I'm going to be continuing to develop Full Tilt for 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 a while. Uh, we've got a long list of really cool extensions and uh, different views, like a map view for being able to display all the entries in a map layout. And each of these features is going to require a lot of work for um, for developing like uh, our our own Gravity Forms button that adds a map uh, functionality that we
1: feel like is uh, easy for the users. So. Is We're, is that like the ability to have a map that then displays pins for each of the submissions? Exactly.
2: So there's a, there's a, currently a, a geotagging plugin for uh, Gravity Forms, but um, you know we might have to roll our own.
0: Can can we go through like the full kind of flow of your plugin? Kind of give people sure. an idea of like how it would be used. So so to start like so. W- Would they, you know, would they be starting with, like, no gravity form whatsoever? Like, is that... That's a
2: possibility, yeah. So, there's two options. There's a Start Fresh button, where you click the Start Fresh button, you're provided with a list of presets, and you can use any of those presets, and they are things like uh, event listings, or a resume uh, view, or a business view.
0: Okay. And... So what if, what if I, what if I choose like resume, for example?
2: You click resume and then, uh, the configuration meta box appears where it shows you, um, where all the fields are laid out, including, um, uh, the, it has a title, it has a multiple entries view and a single entries view. So you can configure how the fields are arranged in either, um, like in, in either view and, uh,
0: Right. So you're, at this point, you're setting up the form for the front end for people. Right. To but you submit.
2: don't know that you're setting up the form. You're just configuring what you, what you want it to look at, uh, look like. And then you click okay. Save or Publish. Yeah. And then in the back end, the form is created for you. And okay. then all you need to do is uh, is add entries to your new Gravity Forms form. But then there's the other option where if you already have a Gravity Forms form and you want to display the entries... Uh, you select that form from a drop-down, and then you configure the fields as you want. But there's no preset layout be- for that because uh, we aren't able to know uh, what your form entails.
0: Okay, and so and in and in terms of, so how do you like control the display of of this? Is it is it like can developers tweak the CSS and create their own templates, or how does that work?
2: Yeah, we use, and I don't know how to pronounce this, but Gamajo Template Loader, um, mm-hmm. where... It's from
1: Gary Jones, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we use that so that people can override how individual field types are displayed, for example. Um, if you want to change how a file upload field is, you just overwrite the template in your own, uh, in your own theme folder. Um, uh, okay. But then there are tons of hooks. Uh, there are presets, or also an extendable class, uh, so you can add your own presets if you want, and um, you can hook in in a lot of different places to modify a bunch of different stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, all the all the presets um, are real. It's designed to be extendable.
1: Cool. It's 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 really pretty. Not gonna lie. After <laughs> having played played with the plugin, played with played with the admin UI, played with the front end, looked at the code, I like it a lot. I'm I'm really excited for it, and I hope your launch goes really really well. well um, you. Are you able to share with us any information about uh, what the pricing of the is going to be?
2: Yeah, um, one second. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull it up. Don't want to get it wrong on there. Um, so, uh, you know, there I went back and forth on a lot of different pricing structures, um, but the single uh, single site uh, thirty nine dollars. And multi-site, uh, three sites, ninety-nine dollars. That includes some additional uh, premium extensions. And a hundred site license is two thirty-nine, and that includes uh, premium views such as the map view when that's developed.
1: Very cool. So, you, so you're going to have these extensions as well. Uh, and you mentioned, I heard you say premium extensions. Are you going to be selling the extensions one-off as well, or are they only for people that hold the higher tiers? The only for people who hold the higher tiers. That way it's just simpler.
0: And what, what are some sure. examples of those? Uh, well, we've got a lot of different
2: things in our GitHub issues list. Um, some of them are like ratings and reviews for the entries. Uh, so you know, if you wanted to have a Yelp-like system where you know, businesses get reviewed, uh, that would enable that. Uh, featured entries where people could pay to have their entries always show up at the top of the results. Uh, with granular controls, um, uh, advanced filtering and sorting uh, capabilities to show have conditional functionality where I only want the view to show if uh, it's in this category um, uh, the the entry is has this term in it or the entry you know has this value. Cool so those are just a few. we've got a ton of big ideas though
0: <laughs> yeah, and never enough time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I know there's like there's probably developers out there listening to this. Maybe maybe I think three. I think that's yeah. <laughs> that um, they they might be asking what like wh- why would I use this? Like I've got Gravity Forms. I can you know code up my templates how I usually do. I'm I'm comfortable with that. What's what's like the what's the sales pitch here? What what is the what are the big advantages to using this over kind of cowboy coding it yourself?
2: Well, you know, the, if you want to cowboy code it, look at my gravity forms directory add on and know what that leads to. It's, it's gra- <laughs> you know, the gravity, gravity, forms, <laughs> gravity forms has made huge strides with their new uh, API class. It makes it a lot easier to fetch all the data that you need. So it's a lot easier to cowboy code what you need, but it's still your your clients aren't going to have the ability to drag and drop um, where they want the stuff to be laid out. You aren't going to have presets. I mean, Gravity View is designed to be as simple and powerful as possible to get your entries on the front end of your site and to also uh, make it easier for your clients to maintain that. So I think that's the
0: main uh, selling point. Cool. I like it. So should, should we move on to business talk
1: <laughs> yeah let's talk a little business here uh, and and this is this goes right into uh, your launching of gravity view so you have chosen um, I guess I mean this this is going to be a commercial plugin so it's, it's very much a freemium I mean a premium model but it's also based on a free plugin so you have a little bit of the freemium model going on here as well Basically, you have that free version, and then you have the significant upgrade. Now, I, I understand that it's it is a different plugin, but it's I don't. Know, it, do you envision this this upgrade path here? And and what made you really decide? What made you choose the pricing model that you did?
2: Well, there's a lot of pressure to be free, um, and I I really feel that, and I feel like I owe it to the community to to make it free, but. In terms of what's best for the product and what's best for the people who purchase and use the product, that's just not possible um, for for a lot of different reasons. But mainly, it's expectations. And there's been a lot written on this. Um, you know, Tom McFarland's been doing a lot of writing on freemium uh, and premium and um, just what expectations are for developers and for the the users of the plugins and um, it just made it clearer the relationship between um, between us and them, uh, the you know the customers and, and and the developers, and it allows us to grow faster. Even if fewer people are using the plugin, it allows us to reinvest in the plugin at a bigger rate than just providing support for a lot of people who have issues on, on the free side. So, I think that's
1: Absolutely.
2: that's my main driver in the way i've priced it is you know what's best for the product moving forward not what's best for for me or or you know the unfortunately i what's not what's best for the public at large uh you know sometimes free isn't best for
1: them actually yeah. well i think what a lot of people fail to realize when when you look at a as a free product um it's it's going back to that um the amount of responsibility and the amount of time that you can dedicate to a product when when it's free and when there's only so much return for you. Uh, I mean, you, there may be huge return in terms of like the emotional rewards and the the, <laughs> the ego that you get knowing that 100,000 people use your free item, your free plugin, and that it's awesome. But that doesn't pay your rent, uh, and so.
0: <laughs> yeah, ego doesn't go so so far when you're ego, living in a cardboard box.
1: Not, does not pay your mortgage. Um,
2: Though I mean, I also, would... The ego gets destroyed when you know people get mad at you for not providing immediate support for absolutely a ticket that they posted uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning on a free. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: you, I think it's yeah. very easy for people. I think you. To I think. Pay. I think we all know a that uh, <laughs> if you develop a plugin and put it on .org, uh, you owe you owe them a response within 5 minutes no matter what time of day <laughs>
1: i think i think anybody who's had a plugin that has uh, any larger number of downloads has definitely experienced that yeah uh, and it's it's interesting but i think a lot of people get caught up on not fully understanding the it's it can be it can actually be better for the users of a of a product to have it be a commercial pro- plugin as opposed to a free one, and it's it's better because they've paid for it. Because suddenly you, as a developer or the team behind it, not only have a responsibility to to work to improve issues on it, to, to make it better, to fix bugs, et cetera, and to support any questions you have, but they also have a um, a a more vested interest in doing it. Uh, I know that if I spend more time working on EDD, or Affiliate WP, or Restricted Content Pro this month, that will likely boost the number of sales that I get. Or it will boost the what people think of the product, which then makes them talk about it more to other people. Um, and so it can be better for the users to, to pay for it because of the developer than having that vested interest in improving it. Whereas if you have something that's free, they don't have their They want to stroke their own ego by making it better and better but that's it
0: yeah i i really like the freemium model that that's what we that's what we do with uh migrate db pro and uh and i can tell you right now the benefits to the free plugin are enormous when you have a successful commercial plugin that's an upgrade um and the and we're gonna prove that really soon by releasing a brand new version of the free the free plugin with a huge revamp. So it's gonna be a lot better than it is right now. Um, I mean, we're not we're not gonna roll all the pro features in or anything crazy like that. But um, we're just it's gonna be much more refined than it currently is, uh, and it's gonna work in a lot more hosting configurations. Um the re the reason that it's gonna be a big uh a big change is that we've so what happened is when we started developing the pro version, the code bases completely diverged. And so now we have two at the moment we have two code bases, but we're kinda getting back to one code base. So mm-hmm. the free version is gonna be a uh basically a a kind of stripped down pro version, same code base. We just have like a build, a build script that removes some of the files and stuff. Um, Nice. And and so, and that makes it way easier for for us to maintain. And it's also better for our, our commercial customers because we can push out a big chunk of, the commercial code base in the free plugin first before we do a release of the commercial plugin.
1: To kind of test the waters.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, some of the some of the bugs might get worked out and and, and whatever. So that's how we're gonna do our releases. So, free version, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, the the pro version will will go out. So,
1: yeah. Man, do you see that as a way of also using the user base that your free version has to to drive more people to the to the pro version?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, f- between forty and fifty percent of our uh sales are initiated from the free version of the plugin. So, which oh wow, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's massive, right? How um, are you tracking that? Uh, we do coupon codes, so in the ah, in the nice. free version, we, we give it a coupon code. I've also we've also got Google Analytics tracking in all the links from the free version, sure. so that's that's mainly how we track it. Um, but we don't
1: do anything; uh, everything's above board. <laughs> don't don't want to get into so. Trouble. Zach, will you be doing some of the the same kind of things with your Gravity Forms directory out on and, and pushing people over to Gravity View?
2: Yeah, and you know, I, it's funny even though they're not the same code base and they're not the same plugin, uh I am going to be motivated to uh update my Gravity Forms directory plugin because it will still reflect on the Gravity View plugin. So, uh I'm going to be updating the plugin to, you know, have cross promotional, you know, banner in the settings page for example. Um but then I'll also fix some bugs and uh, respond to tickets, and so it's definitely going to spill over. It's it's
1: just interesting that it's not going to be for the same plugin, right? Because they're not they're not actually going to be like 100% compatible. Like if I use gr- Gravity Forms Directory for a month, and then decide to go purchase Gravity View, do I? Are they? I mean, can you migrate between them? Uh, r- right now, no. Uh, the thankfully,
2: the approved entries functionality will migrate. So that's one of the big things that I, I know that people have spent a lot of time on is is, uh, and one of the core functionality pieces of Gravity View and the directory plugin is, you can approve and di- reject entries before they are displayed. Um, so you you can have somebody submit a form and they check a box and the form gets dis- the entry gets displayed on the website. Um, so those approvals or rejections do get migrated. Um, but other than that, uh, the their the short code won't work now.
1: Right. But all the data is actually stored in Gravity Forms, so all they have to exactly. do is rebuild their view. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. not even a that's not a difficult migration.
2: No, thankfully the it's all based on Gravity Forms. <laughs> right. Cool. cool. And so just a plug for your sponsor. Um, I did set up uh, the demo site using uh, Ninja Demo and. Oh, it, very cool. It was a great process, and uh, so it's nice to finally have a a full-featured demo functionality that's I've been wanting to have that functionality for years. So it's really cool to finally be able. I know to, that
1: I've never wanted to take the time to build a demo, and exactly. then they released it, and I built
2: one. And... well, and yeah, how do you do the self-destruct? Like, uh, you know, they there was that CMS website where you could test all the different CMSs back back in the day, oh, like yeah. test out. Test out Joomla I about and that. like, yeah. It's like, well, and yeah. it's like, this this demo will reset in three minutes. And I, I was like, how do they, you know, I guess they run a query, or like a cron script. Or... Anyway, it's really nice to have all that taken care of.
1: Yeah, that's very cool, for sure.
0: I wish I had like a demoable plugin. I don't. I don't really yet.
1: <laughs> it would be it's, the most boring demo ever. Like,
2: move move from this demo to this other demo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. I don't know. I think you could demo, WmigrateDB Pro, mostly just showing like how it works. Yeah. Uh, I a mean, I, I video mean, well, like, is okay, just as video, good, though, right? It's like, really not that different than a video at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. It's
2: like no lost, and your posts get moved
0: over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Should we talk about? Well, we should probably mention uh, WordPress beta 2 is out. So get it. 4.0. Get it if you haven't already. Then uh, do all your plugin developers should be testing on that, in my opinion. uh, Absolutely. Doing Uh, doing development.
1: Honestly, I think as as developers, we should always be running trunk, at least on our main development machines.
0: Trunk? Oh, I don't know. There.
1: Okay, risky. Trunk or latest beta. Take your pick. I personally yeah. like Trunk, but that's because I like to play with things. And
0: Isn't, isn't Trunk pretty pretty
1: rough at times, though? Like No, tr- you can run Trunk on a live site pretty easily. Really? Okay. Really. I mean, they, an example of something that is a little bit rough, over the last four weeks, they've been doing a lot of work on the WordPress Media Library for the grid view. And that grid view was pretty rough for a little bit. But right. it wasn't like it wasn't going to break anything, right? Uh, I mean, in in general, ob- obviously it is trunk, so things can break. But in general, trunk works perfectly fine. Right.
0: All right. Well, maybe yeah. we'll. Maybe I, I we'll like switch trunk on
1: all my development. Needs.
0: Cool. Uh, what else should we mention here?
1: Uh, this is something that came out pretty recently. Uh, we tried to get to it last episode but ended up running out of time, but it's something I would like to mention. Uh, and I think they mentioned it on WP Tavern recently, uh, and it's this website called wpcore.com. Have either of you guys played with this? Right. I, I just heard about that on the podcast, so uh, I haven't played
2: around with it, but it, you know I, I, had a, I had a system for doing that back in the day with you know a zip file that I would you know pull in and it's nice to have
1: uh, it sounds like a really great functionality. Yeah. yeah. For anybody who's who's listening that hasn't heard of it yet, uh, basically allows you to build plugin collections, and so you go and build a collection of say five, ten, fifteen, or even a hundred plugins, and then it gives you a way to install that collection all at one time, which is really kind of cool. So m- maybe you have. A suite of plugins that use you, you use for your development sandbox, or you have another suite of plugins that you use for all of your client sites, or another suite that you use on all your personal sites. You can set up all these collections and then just really easily install them all at one time. But I think the so, biggest thing for me about
2: this is that it's all public and social, and you can actually use other people's collections.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, that's pretty uh, like cool. just an example, there's a. Um, uh, somebody has a debugging collection that they've published on the site. And so they're adding in plugins that are used for debugging, such as debug bar, the one called what, what template file, uh, and, and things like that. And I like that idea of having these collections that can then hope, not necessarily be curated, but then like, voted upon. So we could, we could have a community-moderated list of the best development tools, the best security tools, things like that. Well, I don't know if like that will to... happen with this but I love, I love the idea of it.
2: It's kind of like composer for plugins, like for plugin groups where you just point to a group and you say, you know, build it.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's uh so the guy behind this, his name is uh, Stuart star. And, uh, yeah, he reached out to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, so thanks for building I, something awesome, Stuart. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. This is uh, this is cool stuff. I think like people that who use Composer um, to manage their stuff would probably be like, "What do I need this for?" And I don't, I don't <laughs> and I don't know how I'd answer that question. To be honest, I, I don't know if this like has advantages over Composer or or what. I don't use either. I don't use Composer, and I don't. I don't really have a need for any of this stuff. So maybe. You, do you guys use I, Composer?
1: I've used it a couple of times,
2: I, and it I is use, cool. Yeah, I use the GitHub submodules, and it just makes my brain hurt. Uh, yeah. So I've kind of moved over to submodules, but then that has its own problems.
0: <laughs> oh yes, the grass is always greener on the other side. I think this is something can't.
1: that will be huge for people that are doing that that have a really high churn point for sites. So like, if you turn out a lot of sites, I mean, whether that means you're doing a hundred sites a month or two sites a month. But it can be—it could be a very useful tool for for those kind of people um, if they have those standard plugins that they install on every single client site. Honestly, I don't build sites anymore. Like I have four or five sites that I run, but I'm not building new sites every day. So it's not something that I'm going to really use. But I can see it being very valuable for for, for contractors and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, to- totally. Have you guys um, have you guys seen the show Halt and Catch Fire? Have you guys heard about this? No.
2: I, I've seen an episode, but uh haven't stayed up with it.
0: Man, it's so nerdy and awesome. It's, <laughs> it's so good. Uh tell me about it. This amused so me. So it's uh it takes place in the early eighties, so you know, when I was in diapers probably. Um and uh it's the it's kind of the the beginning of the PC or the IBM compatible. So when when the IBM, uh, I guess these these people started up these computer companies that were basically clones of the IBM, right? Of the IBM PC, and it's about a company uh, that's that's making a run at it, and it's like craziness, right? And so it's basically a startup, but it's it's a hardware startup. Startup yeah. before startups. Yeah, yeah, and it takes place in texas i think i can't can't remember which city um but um yeah it's just just great acting and and great you know totally geek stuff like there's they're talking about you know they got a programmer that's like a punk like an 80s punk kid and she's like writing the operating system and yeah it's just Really cool, so check it out.
2: I have to say, I, I stopped watching it after the scene where she was, like, going to parties so that she could clear her mind, and then she ends up writing the code for the uh, compiler or something uh, with lipstick on a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and she, that. Was... And, of course, she happens to be, you know, super hot and, like, you know, always wearing almost nothing, and I thought... I, <laughs> I took issue with that, but maybe I should give the the show another shot
0: <laughs> yeah 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 she's um she's definitely kind of like the, the rogue character and then and then you have like like there's actually some pretty strong female characters in the show um i th- I thought that was kind of unique um especially in the i t world <laughs> right what I mean, network like, is it put on uh a m c
1: all right, I might have to see if I can They're, they're,
0: the, so. they're the masters of the period pieces, right? Like they're Mad Men, AMC. Yeah. yeah. So they just, I mean, the house that these people live in, it's just like screams 80s. It's just, I love that stuff.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we're uh, getting pretty close to wrapping up here. Brad, you have another thing coming up pretty soon that I know that you're working on organizing. Do you want to tell us a little more about that for anybody yeah, who yeah. didn't catch it in the last few episodes?
0: So we're going to be uh, snowboarding and talking business uh, at Sugarbush Mountain in Vermont. And uh, that little little conference is called uh, Big Snow, Tiny Conf. And it's going to be January 26th to the 29th. So we're going to get a chalet on the side of the hill, ski in, ski out, that kind of thing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it uh, sounds about
1: fantastic. That so, does
0: come one, come all. So sign up I to can... the e- email list, uh, bigsnowtinyconf.com. And what's your capacity? We're hoping to
1: make it out there so I can em- embarrass myself with my horrendous snowboarding skills.
0: <laughs> Our capacity? Uh, I, I think we're we're aiming for, you know, like 14, 15, 16 people, something like that. Um, nice. But, but, uh, you know, we'll take less, we'll take maybe more. Uh, so, you know, we haven't really decided on a cap or anything. uh very cool. And you're doing
1: that with Brian Castle, right?
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, shall we wrap up?
0: Sure thing. Uh, review us on iTunes, folks. Uh, we can yeah, always... Much
1: appreciated if you do.
0: Yeah. You can help other
1: people discover us. So that'd be great. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. And, and thank you, Zach, for coming on. Well, uh, thank you, guys. Yeah. Best of thank luck with your launch later today. Uh, I, I hope it goes wonderful for you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, right. Zach. Thanks for
0: listening, Thanks. everybody.
1: Thanks,
2: everybody. Cool. Uh-